Hello and welcome to the Hoff Podcast. I'm Daniel Turner, the pastor of the Tyler House of Faith. We take these messages from our weekly services and then release them here on our podcast channel for you. We hope you dig it. So I feel like I've been given a word from the Lord today. I feel quite assured that I have, to be honest, um, this morning, something very clear. And um, um, the gists of what I want to talk about or want to tell you, the point of this message is that our family, our, this, our father's house, the father's house, um, is called to be fearless. The household of God is called to be a fearless household. And um, we understand, you know, I love this, the verse that says uh, in 1 John 4, 18, that there is no fear in love, but that perfect love casts out fear. And that fear involves punishment or torment. And he who, is, who, he who has fear and still fears has not been made perfect in love. But this reality of this view of God of who he is, the Father, the loving Father, and his purpose and his destiny for his people, removes this punishment fear paradigm that so many have had ingrained into their hearts and into their minds through life and through religion. And he wants to shatter that thing. Because in my, uh, you know, 10, 15 years of this sort of ministry, um, I think that I've seen one thing more than anything that thwarts people from walking in their calling, purpose, and destiny, and that is fear. It robs people of life. And um, um, it takes up so much room. And in our Father's house, it's caused to take, take up no room. And so, you know, I love the, the beginning of this. One of the first prophecies in the New Testament about the New Covenant came from John the Baptist's dad. And he says something beautiful. You know, if you know the story, he was one of the priests. He was in Luke 1. He was ministering, doing his duties. The lots fell according, uh, you know, for him to, to take the priestly duty at the time that he took it. And so he was inside of the temple doing the things that he was doing and an angel shows up in in, in his in his uh, vicinity and it scared the light it scared him you know what i mean as it would and it was a, a fellow by the name of gabriel right you know the story and he literally tells him and jonathan and his wife were barren couldn't have kids like hey you're actually going to have a kid and he's going to be the fulfillment of this prophecy of the old testament that's coming to prepare the way of the lord and 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 this new covenant message of turning the the hearts of the fathers to the sons that they knew this stuff. And so there was this, there was this generational turning of hearts, father, son, son, father, that was going to happen in this new covenant, which we've come to know because Jesus comes like a broken record, right? Like talking about God as Abba, not even just dad or father, but Abba, this beloved one who has the very hairs of our head numbered. And so we should never be afraid this concept of who God is that was so contrary to what they had believed and thought. Um, this non-approachable God being the utmost inapproachableness, if that's a word. But I think you catch what I mean by that. But just this welcoming, loving Father who is our God. This is the most beautiful thing. And so John the Baptist's dad, Zacharias, you know, he kind of doubts the word. How, how am I, I going to know? How is this word? How, how can I have kids? <laughs> 
And Gabriel's answer, which is, I, I love it in Luke 1, he says, because I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of the Lord. That's how you know. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, you're not going to be able to talk for the next nine months. <laughs> you know what I mean? He mutes the guy's mouth, you know, which is this beautiful thing. But it's also, as we as Christians and as, as the people that have the truth understand that truth, that that life starts at conception, you know, it's in the womb, you know, how about that? This week was a big week for that. Um, yeah, it's okay to be happy about that. Your woke friends might get mad at you, but it's okay to be, yeah, it's cool, yeah. Well, let's not be too rock the boat, you know what I mean? There's more with us than there are with them, you know, yeah. I'm talking about the cloud of witnesses, not even on the earth. And so, and, and God, if he's for you, who could be against you, you know? Let's be bold in this life. We don't have to be abrasive and religious, but at the same time, truth is truth. And so, yeah, so anyhow, uh, it, it was this beautiful thing, because you think, man, Gabriel or angels are kind of mean. It's like, you didn't believe me? You'll believe me when you can't talk for nine months. <laughs> Which I just love that, you know what I mean? But that's my, my background, my rough upbringing, you know, or sports or whatever. You know? But anyhow, you know, uh, so yeah, so he can't talk. But uh, it, what, what's beautiful about that is his wife was going to carry... The Baptist, you know, the greatest prophet ever born of a woman, but the least compared to the new covenant, those in the kingdom, Jesus says, these, these beautiful things. I don't want to spend too much time on that. We've got the kids here today. We've got to be quick, to the point. But man, you know, this, this reality that even in the womb, like, hey, that, that language of doubt and unbelief is not going to even be spoken around this baby on the inside of the belly. He's set apart. And imagine that as parents, you know what I'm saying? Like, we think, we think, let's put them into the most Christian programs and let's keep them in the, the, in the safe holding places. That's what the, re, the religious machine thrives on. It. We have all these programs for the kids and we get safe, 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 off drugs, drugs, drugs. You know what I'm saying? But in reality, they're with us at church, which we obviously super value the theology and the teachings that we have for them here. But they're with us here for an hour or two a week. But they're in our house, under our energy, and around our tongue and mouth the entire rest of the week. You know what I'm saying? And we can live a life of fear and anxiety, and that energy is what raises our children. Not what they're doctrinated that one little bit a week. What we are showing, what we are living in this reality with, with the Lord in us, this transformational new covenant reality, is the energy that is raising Oh, he said energy, this new age, you know, nah, catch what I'm throwing, you know, don't get hang up on words. What I mean is like the energy or the vibe or the essence of our household. You know what it's like to have a real anxious or angry parent. Maybe some of you do. Maybe, maybe a parent that had a drinking problem and you knew if he's on that, walk lightly when you're in the house. It's not safe to make mistakes. I mean, that's an extreme version, but you know, we know what it's like to, oh, they're stressed about money right now, better be quiet. So you don't get smacked or, you know, we, we know what it's like to have extreme levels of energy um, govern our house and shape our, our childhood and our personhood. Many people do. Or a real religious house. We know what it's like. Many of us. Many of you, you know. But I love that with Gabriel. It's like, yeah, like, hey, by the way, that, that tongue of unbelief, it's not going to be spitting out or spewing out all of that negativity and, and fear and, and doubt and anxiety while this baby's in your in. Elizabeth's womb. You know what I mean? And I love it. It's so valuable. Who we are is, is what raises our children. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not only what they're plugged into. I think that's also very important. 
the house and the church, the feet of the Lord and the teaching, the anointing that you're called to be under. Like that's quite, quite important. No, no doubt about this. Um, but anyhow, so yeah, yeah, so we couldn't talk, right? So nine months later, John's born. Of course, all the relatives are like, why are you calling him that? None of your relatives. That's not the name of any of your relatives if you read Luke 1. This isn't the way we've always done it. The systematic religious way that we've always done it and do it after your family. It's like, no, uh, Gabriel told me his his name's John. Who's that? You know what I mean? I don't see him in the Old Testament. That's an angel and that's his name. See, we think, oh, Gabriel, that's the name of an angel. We think of the Christmas story and the horns we've heard. You know, they never heard this stuff. They're like, you're, you're really getting out there now, bro. This is getting crazy, you know. But God had actually sent this man a message. His tongue is loosed as soon as, you know, when, when his baby's born, you know, his tongue is loosed and he can finally talk. His name is John. And his tongue gets opened up. You know, I just, I love that. But he releases this prophecy in Luke chapter 1. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. Verse 68 all the way to like 70. 79, this prophecy about um, give, the day spring coming, the light to those who sit in darkness, all this stuff about the messianic king that was going to come, that his son was going to forerun. But he says something in verse 74 and 75 that I think is pertinent to this, the fearless house that we're called to abide in, our father's true lineage, that our children are called to be raised under, an, an, a, a, an environment absent of anxiety, pressure, and fear. And religious drive. And it says, as he's, he's, he's talking about the mercy promised to our fathers and all this good stuff that's coming. And he says, the oath which he swore to our fathers to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and in righteousness before him all the days of our life. And I love that verse in that prophecy of what this new covenant reality would be. It would be this serving God without fear, a fearlessness in this connection, because this is not how people's connection to God was because of the the poisonous fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil had caused them to see this unsafe bipolar version of God, which was not real or accurate. But this new covenant reality would come and we would serve God without being afraid of him. And not only that, in holiness and in righteousness before him all the days of our life. Not we would serve him in order so that we would become holy or that so that we would earn righteousness. This new covenant would be fearlessness and holiness and righteousness, not by anything we had done. This accomplishment that was tr- complete, total, utter freedom that we're called to walk in. Amen. And in that service, the family business would be restored to the earth, our Father in heaven. Our Father who's actually in heaven, we're not, we're not necessarily from here. We don't trace our lineage to this place. We trace it to the one who's in heaven, the Father of lights. If he's the Father of lights and we are his kid, then what are we? Come on. Lights in this world. Called to awaken the sleeper. Amen. You know, and to remove darkness from the earth. Amen. The sun never rebukes the darkness. It only shows up. It just shows up. And it bees who it be. In the New King Turner version. It is what it is. It shows up and the darkness leaves. You know what I'm saying? Hebrews 10 literally says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of his Father in place of equality with his feet up waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. 
We think, oh, he's in heaven and he's just praying and he's wringing his hands out. Oh, you know, I hope that they get it. I hope that they catch it. You know, let's have an intercession. You know, you know, we, you know, we think of this this way, but he's actually seated from his work, waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. By who? By the team, the family, which he is empowered to live this reality on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've given you the keys to the kingdom. What you bind on earth is that which is bound in heaven. What's not allowed there, you have the ability to lock it out of here. What you loose on earth is that which is loose. If it's there but it's not here yet, then what's there must come here. But you have the keys. And on this rock I build the church. And it doesn't say that the gates of hell won't come into the church. It says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It doesn't say the church's gates will keep hell out. It says that hell's gates will not keep the church out. Come on. True Christianity is, is, it multiplies, it breaks things open and down. It's militant, it always was. But we don't war with flesh and blood. We do this from the seated rest without fear. We're delivered from fear. The reality is I believe God really wants fear out of our household. He doesn't want our kids raised in it. And we're, we as his kids are not caused to be raised in it. There's a story I'll do. It's in Luke 10. I'll close with this. Famous, famous last words before a long message. Don't worry. I'm going to try not to do that. In Luke 10, 38, we have this brief story, which will really set us up, I think, for weeks, for the next week to come or so with some really profound stuff that I want to hit on in the real true reality of the mystical Christian life that we are called to walk in and that many people don't. Um, but it's there for us. And it goes directly with not living in a place of fear and anxiety and pressure. But it's Luke 10, 38, and it's, it's the story of old, I think they call her Martha, Martha, right? Maybe not. Um... Let me see. It says, now, now it happened, he entered into a certain city, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed, her, welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. She ends up wiping his feet with her hair. That's the same girl later on, um, eventually. This is Lazarus' sisters, by the way. The, the, one, the, la, the dead Lazarus who came back, you know. And I, it's, it, it's, either, it's either Simon's, Simon the leper, they called him. It's either his um, kids or it's Martha's husband. But information we, will be good for in the coming weeks, I think. But anyways... Mary is sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus and she's hearing his word at the house. But Martha, there's, here's the, the, the differentiation, was distracted with much serving. That word distracted is a good one to kind of highlight in the mind, maybe even in the Bible. And, and it says, she was distracted with much serving and she approached the Lord and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alert, alone to serve everybody? Tell her to help me. Somebody that's distracted with their ministerial servings 
who is jealous and bothered about somebody else who is sitting in relationship engaged to the Lord Jesus at rest. Amen. You know, just say la, right? Um, this is how it works. But Jesus' answer when she's like, hey, you're supposed to be getting her in trouble and telling her she's kind of being lazy and, and she's to get up. Help me. He says, Martha, Martha, the double name. You're worried and troubled about, many, troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And it's just like this gentle rebuke. And, and we'll just stop there for today. Um, this correction of the heart of the Lord versus the heart of this, uh, what Mar Martha was expecting him to do. And um, it's like Martha was actually distracted with much serving from what Jesus says is the one thing, the most important thing. And that was the connection. The connection to being aligned with him. You know, we know, you know, to be seated at someone's feet. Obviously, this story is literal. You know, she was actually seated with him and actually um, being taught and with everyone else. But this is, this is a term of discipleship. You know what I mean? Like she was, this was a girl, not one of the 12. But this is, she was in a position of discipleship with the Lord, relational connection. Amen. You know, it's like the Apostle Paul, when he's talking in Acts 22, uh, verse 3, he talks about how he was brought up under the feet of Gamaliel, like this in incredibly intelligent, high-level Jewish leader and teacher. Um, when he was younger, uh, basically as his student, his disciple, you know, um, um, this, this connection that he had in alignment with. And so that's actually what's actually going on. And I believe Catherine uh, Blanchard likes to call this, what is it, immersive learning. I saw you in here. I, don't, I can't see where you're at now. But yeah, immersive learning. You know what I'm saying? Not just a head knowledge or, you know, listen to the podcast or whatever, but like immersive connection, fellowship, koinonia, body, blood flow, reality, you know. And... Um, I thought this was really interesting because, you know, one, he calls her name twice, just like he called Paul's name twice. Saul, Saul, you know what I'm saying? Just like he called, I mean, so many people. I think there's about 10 different instances where God calls somebody by that double name. Um, but I can imagine somebody being so distracted. Tell her to, tell her to da 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 and tell her to help me to serve. And kind of walking and say, Martha, Martha. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, snap, like snap out of it a little bit. It's like this real adjustment of attention. You're distracted. You are very distracted from the one thing that's the absolute most important. And this is a reality, man. It can happen to people like me. It could happen to anybody. It can, like ministry can really be a distraction. It can become that way. Especially in a town like this where ministry is a God. Yeah. Everyone's looking to have one. Um, you know, emphasis mine, you know, right? But it's... This, this reality, he, he, you're worried and you're troubled about many things. And it's like, this worry is actually anxiety. And trouble is, is, is being troubled and anxious as well, both of those words. But it's like, your worries and your anxieties are what are driving you. And in reality, you're avoiding facing them when the answer is sitting here right in front of you. And this, like, even in my life, I've seen so many times when I'm carrying pressure or anxiety in a simple way, when they're manifesting in my heart, I am never not with the Lord. 
And it's not because I'm special, it's because I'm a Christian, just like all of us, all of you. We are never without the Lord. We're never not in his presence. Like everywhere you go, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the, the land under your feet. This, this reality that like, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you, all these prophecies and like Joshua and stuff, they're literally prophesying this new covenant of like you will serve God without fear, without worry, without anxiety, without all these pressures. And so many times when the, the issues of the heart are manifesting in our life or we're feeling these pressure, feelings, anxieties, it, it is a sign of forgetting who we are with. It is lacking the fear of the Lord, right? It is the opposite of the, the Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord, right, with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he directs your paths. You know what I'm saying? It's this like, oh, if our heart departs from the Lord, the Jeremiah 17, the, 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 the tree that trusts in its own strength, it does, you know, it, it, gets, it does not see when the good comes that comes to surround it. It only sees fear and anxiety. But anxieties and fears and these things that come up in our hearts, we have, we have become so accustomed to self-medicating ourselves to avoid the things which the Lord wants to actually remove from us and put his love, which is actually authority in our heart and our life. And so, so many times there's, you know, we become like Martha, Martha, super busy because of our fears and anxieties and it's like we've developed or we've built in these coping mechanisms to avoid things that god it's not the devil god is allowing to come to the surface so that we address and deal with them because he wants us free he wants his house free because he wants his house to be the powerhouse of the earth and we are those people you know what i mean and it's like we can how how easy is it just to Distraction often is a choice that causes us not to engage. You ever feel stressed out or pressured by something? What's the first thing that's easy to do? Whip that phone out like I'm out. I'm about to start scrolling for a few minutes. I need to get out of this situation. Everybody's kind of giggling, but you know what I mean? It is like, it is the, it is the you know, the, them cigarettes from the 80s. Pretty much nobody smokes those anymore. I think it's pretty, mostly gone out. You know what I mean? It's exact, I mean, that's what that is too. Or the, va the vapor pen, the vape pens and all that, you know what I mean? Same thing, vape pen, cigarette, and to cell phone. The three things that we, we're like, I'm out. I need to go into a different world until my engine's running a little hot. I need my heart rate to come down, my spiritual heart rate to come down. I'm checking out for a moment. And then I feel good, I'm checking back in. You know what I mean? And what we've done so many times, what people can do, is become busy in such a way as to avoid the very thing God is wanting to address. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's simple. You know, there's a, there's a verse in 1 Peter 5, and I like this one a lot, um, concerning, have you ever been a friend to somebody? You almost feel like they're, they're, um, they're trash can. All they want to do is vomit their problems and their issues on you. You know, hopefully not. Well, well, God actually is that friend to us, but it doesn't bother him, you know? He actually tells us in, his, in the word that we're actually called to cast our cares and our anxieties on him. We're actually called to offload things onto him. You know what I mean? 1 Peter 5, it talks about humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That's a beautiful verse. We'll get back to that. 
But it says how we do that is by casting all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. It goes on to say, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And these three verses are so brilliant and beautiful, and they're so packed for us. But the reality is, instead of becoming distracted or coping, like, man, I'm, I'm really feeling stressed. You know what? I need some caffeine. That's what it is. Right? I mean, none of y'all. Nobody does that here. But, you know, that's what a lot of people do. I need, okay, I need a caffeine. You know what I mean? Yeah, did you say yell it? Yeah, they, you know what I mean? Or a snack. Or a snack. I need to munch on something. Yeah. It's, the work of the, it's a work of the flesh to attain peace, to attain peace. We have all these built-in systems that destroy our health, all of them, but it's because we're avoiding the, the elephant that's, or the snake that's in the room. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to feel that. I'm going to numb that. All right, I'm back. <laughs> you know what I mean? The up and down wave. But he's like this humility of humbling yourself that he's going to exalt you in due time. And that's a big one. I see a lot of young people in there. That's a big one, like getting into my calling, being into my purpose, walking in the function that I'm called to do. It's a big one, not just young people. It's, it's everybody. It's all of us. We all want to get into the, to the, position, the, the position of opportune function that God has for us in this life. But the reality is he wants it for us more than we want it for ourselves. And we don't get there by our networking and our five-year plan and how much we, we work on our, our Bible verses. We get there by the obedience of, of being conformed to the image of Christ because that translates into authority and authority is what plat where the platform comes from. Amen. And he's called us all to have it, Amen. to be a light into the world, a city that's not under the ground but on a hill. You dig? You know? Amen. But we, we've confused God with, you know, the, the farmer with the carrot in front of the donkey's face to try to bait him into going somewhere, when in reality, he wants us to get there more than we want it on ourselves. Yeah. But we have this misconception of this bipolar guy that's playing a trick with us, when in reality, if we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand, he actually exalts us and puts us in the right place at the right time at the due time when we're called to be there. The key is actually losing your life and serving him in whatever capacity he has, knowing him in all things, even if it's in the anxieties of the heart that are coming up, the issues that are coming up in your life, relating those to him, connecting to him. If you have trouble with it, it's great to process it with somebody, not a vent partner, but somebody that's in authority. You want to actually, I need light. I need communion. I need, that's what the fellowship of God is for. But it says, humble him by casting all of your care upon him. Because he actually cares for you. And now these things come to rob our hearts. They, these come to rob our peace. Instead of getting busy and avoiding the one who's sitting in the middle of our living room, like Martha was doing. Choosing like Mary, like, I'm going to connect to him in this. I don't know why I'm feeling this and sensing this. But deliberately getting in a place with him, often it helps to write it down. And connecting, this is manifesting in me. I know this is not your heart. Would you, would you lead me into the truth of this? And then as a sheep does to a shepherd, following him in the instruction of life, what he's called us to do, you know, what he's called, the, the steps that he's called us to make. He's made a bunch of them practical in the Bible, you know. But one of them is not, not, not forsaking the assembly together. I know I got a dog in that fight, but I'm really not trying to play that card. It's the reality. 
The koinonia, the fellowship of God, that first John 1, is the blood flow of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from sins. And you can read that for yourself, 1 John 1, 7, because we know our, the blood of Je Jesus has forgiven us of sin. But what is this cleansing of fear? What is this? It's talking about the effects of the fall, which is the mentality of fear of God. You know? And so you walk with people that are also in like-minded. That's what community means. There's a common unity. Not like, well, we just we agree what we can't agree on. Let's have a worship night. You know, like let's let's get out of this foolish elementary way of thinking and understand the Bible is 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 called, you know, we're called to walk this life in a way that opens our minds and our hearts and we step into the function. We start swinging the the hammer, the bat, the fire that God has called us to do. Amen. And not only that, we raise our kids by the energy of a whole heart in our household, and we're not teaching them or grooming them to, to tiptoe around our fears, what triggers us, and so that they bring that into their life and do it to their own kids. Yeah. Freedom is transferable, Amen. you know? And we're called to walk in this reality. We're called to walk in this casting our cares upon God, acknowledging Him in all of our ways, being free from fear, you know, and shutting the mouth of the devil that actually walks around looking to devour. And I love that third verse, be sober and be vigilant. I'm having trouble speaking today. Uh, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion. It's like, what does that mean? The devil doesn't have a mouth, and he's looking for a mouth. He's looking for the negativity. You know, Gabriel's like, Zechariah, like, that negative mouth, that doubt and unbelief, we're not raising this young prophet under that. Yeah. Let's have that, let's have that, let's have a change real quick, a nine-month boot camp about that really fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's just like, it's just like, the enemy looks for a mouth to bite and devour people. He comes through offense, he comes through wound, he comes through pain to use the mouths of people to talk bad about other people. Rather, from wounded people rather than people becoming whole. It's like, humble yourself. Don't go, don't go trashing people with your mouth. Cast your cares, your anxieties, your fears, your, your issues on God and not others. Process those things out. He's going to exalt you in due time. You're becoming whole. You're not, there's, there's no condemnation in this life. Meaning it's like you're not disqualified for feeling this way, you, you, but you stay this way if you don't connect to God in your real life. The brilliant, brilliant thing about it is that he's sitting there in the living room with you. And we can choose not to become busy, but to engage him. We can choose to go where he's at. Yeah. We can choose to be where he's called us to be. Under the stream, the teaching, the authority that he's called us to be. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not playing that card. There's, there's more, we get 200-something you know, downloads on this podcast every, every week, right? You know what I mean? And... and uh, more than half of them are not from here. So I'm not just talking to y'all. I'm talking to everybody. It's like find the lifeblood, the body, the flow, the anointing, the truth, the reality that you're called to align with and actually plug into that, serve, serve there, team up with the koinonia, the body that you're called to, and let the blood flow through you. It's not a ministry. A lot of them are, but this one's not. This is a family. And a lot of people have trouble with that because they're so ministry-minded, but this ain't that. This ain't that place. It's a family. It's different. It's relational. But this whole thing of this generational hearts of the fathers to the sons, the sons to the fathers, is this understanding of the good father being realized and people rejecting fear and every bit of, of poison that comes through it. That's what all the backbiting is that he's talking about. 
you know, you're, you're dealt, the adversary walks like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. It's like a lion. It's not the lion. It's, it makes, it's, it kind of tries to be like that, but it's not even real. And it's seeking to devour. And when people partner with it, it's because they are actually afraid. And they want excuses. But that's not us. The thing is, it's like, I am convinced that God intends for us to enter into so much breakthrough. Sometimes it comes over me in waves. And I've been in, a, in kind of a zone in the past few weeks. I just really have. The Lord's been touching me. I've been, I've been being really unlocked by revelation and by some understanding and things I walk through and it's just like oh my goodness and it's coming upon me like a wave um, but even then like sometimes I I, I mean I, I was looking out I was washing some dishes actually doing something highly spiritual I mean, I was like Martha you know <laughs> we can actually be doing duties but actually connecting to God unlike Martha was doing you know what I mean? hey and I was looking out my the windows over the backyard and stuff like that out the backyard and I just felt this immense presence of the Lord for our people the Christians, our body, that he has so much breakthrough, freedom, and release intended for us all. Amen. And it's brilliant. And much of it is just right under our nose by choosing to acknowledge him and actually following through, walking things out in fellowship and relationship with him and, and his body. And I was just feeling it so strongly. Standing there washing some dishes. It's like, wow, the hope, you know, Miss Bonnie loves Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Is that true? Yeah. There she, she said, yeah, I knew she would respond to me. That's why I like Miss Bonnie so much. One of the many things why I like Miss Bonnie so much. But, um, you know, this, this concept, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, just like the historical reality of it, like of God literally coming saying, I, I know the plans that I have for you and the thoughts that I think for you and they're for hope and for your future. Amen. But then he tags on, then... You'll seek me with all your heart, and then you will, you will find me. Amen. And it's just like, what is that? There, there's a tag on that that I think sometimes, excuse me, doesn't really get, get touched as well as it should. This reality that he has these thoughts, plans of peace and hope for our future, and that when we know this, it says in verse 12, then you will call upon me, and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me, and you'll find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. This, this reality that the goodness and hope of God, the love of God in, in our Father's house, we can be so detached from that sometimes in fear and anxiety that we get pressure that's overloading us. In reality, it's directly rooted to the fact that we don't understand how hopeful his plans are for us. And it's like we call the wrong phone number. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, on a diff, we're on the bipolar God phone number like, oh, I'm anxious and I'm worried and I'm fearful about these things that might be coming down the pipe. But we don't realize that like he has such hope and promise for us. He wants to exalt us in due time. He wants to place us in the, in, in the position of the most optimal function for our lives. And he's like, hey, when you realize that, that's my phone number. Because then you call to me and you'll hear me, you'll connect to me, you'll answer me. We have all these built-in grids, filters, the Bible calls them strongholds, of the ways we believe God is, and we call them through those numbers, and, and, and all we hear is static, you know? But it's like he calls us, he, he's calling us and telling us this, this New Testament, covenant, gospel of the goodness of Abba causes us to actually call to him as he truly is. And we're in alignment with that reality. 
And when we're in alignment, that's understanding is standing under. We, we, we gain understanding. That's the feet of the Lord that's talking about with Mary sitting there. We're actually in alignment with, a, with this direct filter of what he has for us. Because we're already thinking the way he's thinking. And so he doesn't give us hope, but we're actually on this grid of fear, doubt, anxiety, and pressure. So we don't actually connect to him. And, we get, and, and that's the fruit of what we get. My question for the day is how much breakthrough is missed out upon because we're not present with the Lord? Because we don't choose to acknowledge Him. Or like, or just that we don't even realize that He's there. That's what, man, that's what Christianity is. The hope of glory is. It's Him in us and with us. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh man, that's the foundational truth of this reality. He's right there. A situation, or how about this, even a memory sometimes can come up and it causes us to feel anxious or disturbed. Yeah. You ever had that? A memory from the past comes up and that causes stress, anxiety, and pressure. Oh, I don't like that. And then you just, you want to go back and wish you could have redone that situation. That would have never happened to me. You know, or I would have punched him right in his head. Boy, I tell you what, you know, you know, whatever it was, it was like, they were doing push-ups on the ground thinking like, man, that would never happen to me. You know, you know, it, you know, it, it's like we open ourselves up to the offense of the past by wounds from the past instead of the one who's knocking on our door. Behold, I stand at the door of knock. He opens up. I'm going to come in and we're going to have dinner. We're going to have communion. We're going to connect on what I've done. And you're going to see your past even through the lens of what I've paid for and how I see you. And you'll be free from it. It won't bleed into your life now. You know? Situation. Yeah. yeah. The situation or even a memory comes up and we feel anxious or disturbed. And so many times then we move into our coping mechanism of getting busy, busy or intentionally being distracted on our phone or whatever it is, you know. And we just wait till that feeling goes away, you know. And maybe it's not a phone. Maybe it's a, a beer or two or four, you know, or, you know, or coffee or caffeine or alcohol or, or, or uh, French fries or what. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Cookies. I, I don't know. Whatever's like, man, I need to chill. Yeah, man, yeah. Don't, and ice cream. That's, <laughs> that can be one. But I like ice cream. That's, I'm cool with ice cream. You know, whatever. I'm just saying. But I'm talking about coping here. Yeah. yeah. If we claim to be spiritual, but that's how we live our life. We are just religious, like Martha, Martha, you know what I mean, was being. And um, yeah, the wounds of the past also bring the fears of the present. And there's such a major key of releasing forgiveness in those moments, instead of avoiding them, choosing to release forgiveness to the players in that script that are coming up in the mind and asking the Lord to see things, yourself included, as he does. It is monumentally powerful. And to be thankful with not what I should have done and where I'm at now, but like, thank you that, that you know and you've learned the lesson and have the understanding now. And so now where we go from here? It's a different game. It's power. It's practical. It's simple. Yeah. That's the point. He does not want us to be afraid of anything anything in this life or in the one to come especially not him but a lot of that starts in the here and now with us 
the issues and desires of our heart. So, all right. All right, 40 minutes, that's not too bad having all the kids here. Hey, you guys did such a great job today, all the kids that were here. Um, it's amazing. I wanna do something that I don't do a lot. Um, we do have a prophetic team up here and we'll have some people praying for healing on the other side as well today. Um, but I felt this and, and I, I, I had something very profound this morning that I knew that this was the word of the Lord. Um, but I just want to pray for you guys. If it's, if it's, even if you're, if you're listening to this in the podcast this week or next week or next year, um, or if you're here, if you, if you recognize this reality and this truth, hey, anxiety has been coming and, and God wants me to master that fear that's trying to steal my life. If this has been affecting you, I want to pray for everybody today, if that's all right, as we close. I'll close with a prayer. Um, we'll do it as a family. So if this is you and you've been feeling this pressure, you've been feeling this type of thing, would you please stand up? I know that can be a little embarrassing. Um, well, not if everyone does. It's, you know, a lot of us do. But, you know. Well, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the reality of who you are, that you've manifested the, the reality of our God, our good Father. You are altogether good, Father. And so right now, we just come together as a family and I break anxiety and fear in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the blood of Jesus that tries to bring distraction and tries to bring pressure. And Lord, I ask that the wholeness of this new covenant would be our reality. You've caused us to rise and shine like a light, like a city that's on a hill. And any little thing of our past or even the present that's coming in to shut down, Lord, I ask that we would now armed with the understanding of being present with you, of casting our cares, when this thing comes to our household and to our door, we would cut its head clean off and throw it out. We are called to be fearless like our Father, and he has made us this way. Let the reality of the, the ever-enduring love of God be in the heart of mind of everyone in this house. And listening to this, Amen.